The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We got a Tout Wars recap, an NFBC main event preview. Uh, and reviews from our respective offspring sports tournaments, all coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke who is the parent of the year. He gave up a defense of a two-time NL championship in Tout Wars to be at his son's hockey tournament this weekend. Fred, how'd it go? So this is my son who's not super serious about hockey. His team mm-hmm. won one game. They lost two games. They spent way more time at the hotel water park than they did at the hockey arena. My son said he had a great time. And to top it all off on the two and a half hour drive home on Sunday morning. I listened to the Tout Wars NL auction on Sirius that I would have been participating oh, in. Oh no. If I, so I was actually, I was actually driving, listening to the bids and it was, it was good coverage. They had a good auctioneer type guy on at, at some of the points. Was that Fenstee that was doing that? Yes, I think so. Yeah, he's good at that. He, and he, he gets um, into it. As, as I was following along, I was listening and I was like, oh, that's a great deal. You know, oh, that's a terrible deal. And I thought I could have rocked this. I could have rocked this auction. I been great in it. I'm probably wrong. I might not have, but I had had ideas. Certainly driving home. But so, whatever. who were some of those ideas? What what caught oh, your ear? I don't know. That's probably all. I'd have to probably pull the draft board up. Now I'm more focused on your team from the pulling AL off auction. the side of the road. You're no, like, that, it was oh, kind of in, that down it, right now. So you really realize when you're listening to it on the radio how fast the auction goes. Like. Like a player would go for whatever, you know, this guy goes for $22. And I think to myself, um, you know, do I like that? Do I not like that? And already the next player was already up. So I haven't done any auctions this year and I'm not going to now because Tail Wars is usually my only auction. Mm-hmm. And I forgot how exciting they are. They, like, oh, they're, auctions they're are awesome. the best. Yes. They're so much fun, especially yes. early on. But, you know, when, you know, when the powder is still fresh and you know, you're, you have, have a budget to spend still. And yes. the world is your oyster. You can build any way you want. Then you get into later rounds. And you're like, Oh, what are they doing? I know. Myself? And yeah. you know how I've already talked on here about how I love when there's less of a playbook, you know, and I, I, I love the NFBA NFBC ADP, but I also hate it because it's such a playbook for everyone. I feel like mm-hmm. with auctions, there's much less of a playbook. That's what I really enjoyed about Tout Wars with the OBP difference. Even for my draft, there was less of a playbook. 
I love the auctions because there's less of a playbook, right? So sure. you, you hear certain guys go off the board and you think, oh, wow, that's that's more than I thought. What does that mean? You know, does that mean that that type of player is going to go for more? Is that just an overpay? Yeah, I, I think that part's all really fun. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd agree. Uh, it, it's so much fun. It's I can't wait till we're back in person, though. Um, as much as online worked, and thanks to Fantrax for providing the auction rooms, they were good. Uh, I, I, I like their auction software. Me too. Uh, I yep. thought it worked out pretty well. So if you can try to do your auction online, you can try Fantrax. We'll be talking, you'll be hearing from Fantrax later, a little spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. Um, it's multiple years running now that we've done that. This is our third year in a row. We've had to do tout wars online because of pandemic related issues. Hopefully we're back in person again i know it's, it's one of those things where you're like hey the fan tracks room is awesome hopefully we never use it again right like hopefully we're all in new york next year and we don't need to use the <laughs> fan tracks room but i agree with you if, if someone wants to do an online auction i think the fan tracks room is very user-friendly it's 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 great um but it, it's funny to say yeah for sure talk out of both sides of my mouth and say that fan tracks room is great hopefully we don't have to use it next year Right, you know, I am. I I was thinking of that too. Just just because we're starting to be pandemic, it seems like a little bit closer. And yeah, hopefully next year, I would like to go back to New York. Yeah, I would too. Um, oh, and just being in the room, I mean, it's just yes. especially for an auction. Live drafts are great too, and I'm I'm psyched. I'm going to NFB. I'm going to Vegas this weekend for the NFBC main event. I'm very excited about that because it's first time in three years for that. Uh, I've, I've been to other drafts in person since then, but it's different for the NFBC. It's just different. That's such a fun, fun weekend. Tout's an amazing weekend. Just yeah. seeing all my friends uh, in, that I've made over the years. It, it, it seem, you might think it's a, a clicky community. It's not. It's a very friendly community. Um, we're all just fantasy baseball nerds, loving life. The fact that we're in Vegas, some you know, some of us think we're cooler than we really are, uh, but then we get then we get that harsh, cold reality at some point there. But we're big in our own little world, and that's fun. Yep. Um, and it's just it's an event. I can't wait to see see people draft against them. It's gonna, it, you know, I can't wait to say how hard my league is. Then look at the league next over and say, oh my god, that's a that's not a berry patch either. Yeah. It's, they're all hard leagues, and that that's also great. Uh, that that that's fun. So. I, I enjoy doing tout because I haven't done a whole lot of auctions. Did XFL back in the fall. Um, but for the most part, I've been doing all sorts of snake drafts. I, I enjoyed it. Um, shall we talk about tout wars right off the top? Get that. Let's uh, do that. I definitely want to talk about your Vegas team at some point, but we'll, we'll do that next. next. Yes. We'll I like, next. okay. You stole Vladimir Guerrero jr. At this auction. $36. That's it. Yeah. And this is an OBP league. Uh, That's so, what I'm saying. Like I could make a good argument that he's the number one player in an American league only OBP league. Uh, him or Jose Ramirez, in my opinion, would be the number one player in, a, in an American league OBP league. And you got him for $36 when other players like Ramirez went for 43 and Kyle Tucker went for 39. Vlad should have been right there with those guys. He should have been a $40 player. He's not because he doesn't run. Yep. Why he goes I, for lower. Yes. And here's where, I think you did a great job. Thank you. Um, and, and for anyone listening, Jeff didn't know if I was going to like his team or dislike. No, his team I, I didn't get. I didn't solicit any input. That's that's true. That's right. So this was not discussed ahead of time. And I and it, well, technically, I haven't said so far that I like your team. I just said I like your Vladimir Guerrero pick. Right. But um, one of the problems with taking Vlad in drafts 
is that a lot of the steals fly off the board early, especially players who are good players and steal bases. Those guys are gone like in three or four rounds yeah. in most drafts. So then you don't want to take Vlad because you're like, okay, well, if I take Vlad, like, how am I going to get my steals? And if I get Vlad and my steals, how am I going to get my starting pitching, you know, my ace? And I don't have room to get all this. So forget it. I just won't take Vlad. I'll just, you know, take a, take Garrett Cole. So I got a pitcher or I'll take, you know, uh, Otani. So I get some steals or whatever in an auction, people have to like, you have to expand your mind a little bit. You can take Vlad and still get your steals because you don't have to draft one player per level per round, you know, like right. you can, you can draft Vlad and Whit Merrifield in this AL. You didn't, but you could do that. Like you can draft Vlad and a couple base dealers and it doesn't matter, you know, what rounds they would have been in a draft. You, you can make it all work. So I think Vlad, I think the fact that Vlad doesn't run doesn't matter in an auction because what you're getting is, the safest hitting talent in the American league. Yeah. And keep in mind too, that uh, it's a closed universe. There's not an overall contest. So I don't have to aim for 80%, you know, 80th percentile on stolen bases. If I get four points in stolen bases, five points and, you know, do well in OBP and power. Otherwise, Hey, bully for me. Uh, So that was, and and he was the third player out of the shoot. Uh, And that matters a lot too. Uh, because prices aren't necessarily set. Uh, it went Presley, who I went with, I got as the first player out of the block. It's like so much for exercising restraint. Got two <laughs> first and third player, uh, Presley and Otani. But if you look at the closer prices, there's a big six in closers, and he was the cheapest of them. Hendricks, uh, there, there's Hendricks, Romano. Uh, there's there's a lot of good, yeah, clo- there's six Romano, good AL closers. $3. That is. Yeah, Hendricks only went for 23. That might have been a bargain, too. Larry Schechter yes. did well with that. Plus, he went for 23. So getting Hendricks for 23, I think, is is really good. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, you know, I, 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 was, I was, I, and the funny thing about Presley is, so first player out of the shoot, what do we tell people about online auctions all the time? Be careful of that plus one button. Yeah. Well, he was at 19. I went to go hit plus one. Someone else hit 20 right at the same time. So I got him right. for 21. Yeah, I was okay with it, but I, I liked him better at 20. I was like, okay, I'll go 20. We'll see if someone tops that. I guess it's a happy accident, though, if you look at because he, he was the cheapest of the big six. So, yeah, um, I, I think I, I think he's I don't think he's at the yeah, he's in the middle of the big six. He's fine. It was fine. I saw Glacius was 22. I would maybe pay an extra dollar for Glacius. Maybe not. Yeah, I, me too. I, think I, I think I might, but like I don't really care that much. I, it's it's good. It's good. Romano, I love Romano, but Romano, I 23. Like I, I'd rather have Presley at 21 or Iglesias at 22 yeah. or Hendricks at 23. Right. Yeah. And I'd rather there, have, there might've been some plus one issues there. I, I yeah, don't know the sure. ordering after that because I already had Presley, obviously uh, I was trying to nominate closers at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did resolve that. I wanted one of the stable closers. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that plays very well in a mono league yep. uh, because they also, their ratios help you even their case per, you know, you don't have an innings cap or anything, but let's face it. There's not, 10 starters you want to start uh you know there's i I mean excuse me like yeah you're not including like streaming there's not a ton of starters that you want to start in a mono league so Mm -hmm. uh it's okay funny thing is i went in i ended up spending 97 dollars out of my 260 budget on pitching did not plan that but i kept on finding pitchers that i liked uh and when you do that it's a trading league it's a trading league 
I, you know, you accumulate the K's, uh, you accumulate the wins, hopefully, and, and good ratios and trade from strength. I, I, I just say, and the thing is, if the league is valuing hitting higher, well, it's okay to zig. Uh, you know, I, I, I went and got Alec Manoa for 22. That was a target. Luis Garcia at 19, or excuse me, 21. And Luis Garcia for 19 was also a target. You know, each were at the, you know, cap of what I was willing to bid. Uh, but, you know, I, I didn't want to like, stay away from pitchers I liked later just because I had spent on, on pitching early when Patrick Sandoval was stalling out. I got him at 10. Same thing was Tristan McKenzie at seven. You know, I just kept on thinking, okay, this is a good price. I'm just going to jump in. I'll worry about the balance later. You don't have to have the balance in an auction. Nope. That, that, no, you're right. That's exactly right. You don't have to, you can trade you and you can, and this is a trading league and an auction league. You don't have to have balance. What you need to come out of, the auction with is players you believe in and that you think are going to do well this year. And then just see where it goes from there. I mean, you want to have like a little bit of balance so you don't fall way behind in like all right. your pitching categories or all your hitting categories. And then it's not recoverable, but um, yeah, but you don't have, you don't have to have that balance. So you could have had, for example, instead of Manoa and Luis Garcia, you could have had Garrett Cole. So true. You, and I thought he just, was, you know, I'm just throwing this out here. Do you think, do you wish you had Garrett Cole? I, I don't no. think that Cole was like a deal at 37. He's fine. That's, that's I thought fine. it you might have been a buck or two cheap. Uh right. but then again, it was the exact same price in AL Labor. So, you know, according to the industry, that's the value. That's the price, at least in two major drafts. Uh I I I I'm happy with the way it went. I mean, it's also two spots I'm accounting for. Uh, which yep. I kind of want. Um, it's a lot like uh, accumulation matters in those onlys, right? Because we can't mm-hmm. stream, like you just said, we can't just find more and more starters on the waiver wire. So you're going to get whatever, 300 innings from Garcia and Manoa, 320, whatever. And you're not going to get, you can't get that from Cole and a $1 pitcher. Right. So. I think the, the question to ask is, did I acquire enough hitting? And I felt right. like last year I didn't get enough at bats. I, I still don't know if I did here. Kind of depends. Like, especially after buying Vlad and then later Raphael Devers for 34, who I also thought was a, a, a couple bucks light. Um, totally I, it was one of those where I was stalling out. I decided not to let the, someone else get him for 33 and I forget who it was probably should know these things, who the second place person is. So you can trade later, but I, I, I was, I wanted to get, you know, kind of focus on getting more at bat. So what happened is I skewed a lot of the hitters in the teens. I have like, Lariano at 13 I have Donaldson 17 but most of my hitters are high single digits and I tried to focus on playing time like Adam Frazier yes uh, you know I tweeted I took him in TGFBI that as well and when I got him there I tweeted out he does a little of everything and not a lot of anything uh, I think it's still true I think he's going to accumulate a lot of plate appearances at the top of that Seattle lineup yep a solid probably a solid OBP um yeah, I, I look at these guys. You stayed out of the $1 group for the most part. Like Chaz yep. McCormick, we'll see. Randall Gritchick, I think, is still going to play a fair amount. Like the Jays, I think the Jays are done. for like, like other than maybe, you know, they find a cheap reliever who's still sitting around. But I think the Jays are basically done. So Gritchick is going to be a, you know, most of the time player for them. I think Andy yep. Abanez at $2 a steal in an American League only. There's lots of playing time available on the Rangers roster. Um, Tucker Barnhart's going to play, uh, a lot on the Tigers. Um, yep. That, that was, that was by design to get him, especially because he, he does better than other catchers in terms of OBP. 
That's right. And I know people in mixed leagues will be like, well, I don't want Tucker Barnhart. He sucks. But in an AL only with 24 catchers, like I think there's value there. I think, I think Michael Brantley's, well, we all know Michael Brantley's going to play Adelise Garcia. I'm not fully convinced on what the repeat will look like, but at seven bucks, he's going to play too. So, and then, and then you have the, your good hitters, Donaldson, Polanco, Devers. I, I think Ramon Laureano at 13 is fine. Like you're not going to get much replacement value for him in April because it's an AL only. But mm-hmm. whatever, I think he can get you the $13 if he plays five months. So I think if he wasn't suspended, he probably would have gone for, oh, I don't know, at, at least five, I think probably $5 more. Right. And I am missing 27 to 28 games for him at least. Yep. Uh, and he might get traded ultimately. And I welcome a trade actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see where he would land, but you know, you know, new manager there. Does Mark Kotze let his players run? Does he, you know, I think he probably will, but because it's not like he was a statue himself. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like his managing philosophy would be to allow players to run. We'll see how much of he gets to be his own man uh, versus front office running things. But eh, I think he, I now, think Loreano will run. You, yeah. You do have a, not a lot of steals. Like, no, I I'm don't. Just doing quick math. I don't think you have anyone who will, do you have anyone who will get 15 steals? Probably not. Polanco would get about 10 and yeah, Garcia might run. doesn't get 15, maybe a dozen. Brandon Marsh is a little bit of a wild card. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Adelise Garcia will get about 10. Yep. So I guess if I was going to say, so since I, since I gave Chas you McCormick of, could run too. Don't. Yeah, he that, could a few $2 yeah, down sure. there. Since I gave you credit so much, I'm going to say my one thing that – now, I've never done an auction where I look back and think it went perfectly. No, yeah. of course. Of course. There's so many variables. I, I don't know if I've ever – I've hardly ever done a draft where I feel that way, but definitely not an auction. So I would say looking back, I think the $8 price on Joe Barlow is good, but you probably have enough saves. I you guess you can trade him. So I guess the price is good and you can trade him. The only thing I was going to say is you have Presley, and then you ended up getting – two of the Seattle closer committee with Giles and Steckenrider, um, yep. which like, I think that's good. So for five bucks, like we, I, I know you and Scott have talked about this and I agree. It's going to be a closer committee. I think it could be a committee all season. I think that fits kind of what Seattle is willing to do. Um, but those guys are in it. And in an, in a mixed league, that's annoying because you don't even want to play them. And then you miss the saves and then you play them one week and they don't get any saves. Then you play, you, then you, you don't play them the next week and they get a save. But in an AL only, those guys are just going to go in your lineup and stay there all season. So you're actually going to, if Giles gets a dozen saves, you're going to get them all. And if second rider gets seven, you're going to get them all. So yeah. I, I think maybe instead of the $8 on Joe Barlow, I guess you could have taken one of your hitters and $8 improved him. So and maybe then picked up, some steals in the process. So maybe you take, I don't know, Adam Frazier at nine. Maybe that's a, I guess it can't be eight. It can be seven more. Maybe that's a $16 hitter with some speed. Right. That may or, be you know, you know, I get a better outfielder uh, than I got late yeah. or a better middle infielder than Andy Abanez. You know, that, that's, yeah. you know, get a $10 middle, uh, middle than a, t- instead of a $2 middle or a $10 UT instead of Gritchick. Who but if, could- but if Joe Barlow has four or five saves at the end of April, you can for sure trade him for someone who has some speed. Mm-hmm. And that, and clearly that was a function of when Barlow came out and when Giles and Steckenrider came out, Giles came out at pick 168. Uh, so at that point, people kind of got decided what they were going to do with their uh, relievers. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I, and, you know, I think Seawald went for eight, for instance. Now I, it might be worth it. Seawald's awesome. He gets you more strikeouts. He doesn't have health concerns. 
I, I get why he's more expensive. So yep. trust me, it's not a criticism at all, but it's just, it's different. And, you know, Doug Dennis was accumulating pitchers like that. In fact, if I can find his, his roster, you know, you can see what he did. He did the, this darn thing with pitching where he went all relievers. Yeah. He went Gr Chad green, Paul oh, Seawald, yeah. Matt Barnes, Garrett Whitlock, Diego Castillo. So he got half, he got the other half of the Seattle combo. Uh, you got the better two pitchers, maybe. Is he going to make the innings pitched minimum? There is no innings pitched minimum oh, in right. Tower Wars. Yes, right. I remember that. See, I'm out of practice because I'm not in the NL. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a neat strategy. And relievers are getting more wins. They got more wins last year per right. Like, so maybe them. you're not punting wins. Maybe he can trade for it later, fab for right. it later. You know, it, it's, it's an interesting strategy. It might work. Uh, but. I, I found that interesting. He got, he got Scott. He didn't even get one of the elite closers either. He went all like, mm -hmm. you know, the most, most he spent on a pitcher is 14 bucks. So he should have a killer offense. Uh, and he went very top heavy, heavy with his offense, buying Ramirez, Judge, Semyon, Springer, you know, Conforto, uh, who was that he was eligible. And that, that we should take the time to explain the Tout Wars rules. Uh, on uh, the free agents and granted it didn't affect us as much as it did labor, but it's important to realize the rules and town wars were in the mono leagues, the rot, the pool froze each morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, so Trevor story, for instance, on Sunday morning was NL was eligible for the NL because he hadn't yet signed with Boston. He signed right around the start of the draft around 10 o'clock. Um, so thus he was still eligible, but Whereas labor, they froze the top 12 free agents, according to NFBC ADP, two weeks prior before the lockout had even ended. So uh, they had to do something different. But we just happened to have a little extra eligibility, uh, which was interesting, too. So that's why, like, Conforto, he, he no matter where Conforto signs, he'll be eligible. You get him. It's it, And if he signs with an NL team, it's as if he got traded to that NL team. And so you get to keep the stats. Yes. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's a big part of, of your draft plan. I think Doug's pitching staff is interesting. Well, I'll see how many saves he get, gets. He has, does have Scott Barlow. He could, he, he did the, the draft skills over roles in some ways. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, although those skills play really in a, in a mono league. So yeah, sure. I'm interested to see how that pitching staff turns out. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's fun. A fun league. Um, any other things, any other observations about towers before we move on? I don't think so. I'm just kind of looking through some of these values. Um, nope, I'm ready. Let's talk about your NFBC main event because I'm jealous that I can't go to Vegas. I missed Tout Wars. Now I'm not going to Vegas. So I'm gonna You're going to do one Vegas. online though, right? I am not doing a main what? event team this year. I'm in the Super instead. Okay, fair so enough. I'm in a, I have a Super in a couple weeks. Okay. In, um, like, yeah, it's April 6th. Very good. Okay, before we talk NFPC main, quick note from our friends at Fantrax. You were just looking at their, their results board there. Are you looking for a new platform for your fantasy baseball league? Fantrax's free MLB Fantasy League Manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich feature -rich platform in the industry. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. It's true. Their, their minor league players were all available when we were looking for them. Uh, guys to bring up in the auction. Fantrax offers dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes the process easy. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Sign up for free today and be entered to win Fantrax's MLB game day experience, which includes tickets to any MLB regular season game for your entire league and $1,000 towards travel and accommodations. All you have to do is host your fantasy baseball league on Fantrax to be entered. 
The more leagues you create, the more chances you have to win. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. Uh, big thanks to Fantrax for their sponsorship. Uh, that was, uh, you know, it, it, it really is a good service. We did, I did like running the league there. So mm-hmm. it, this is an endorsement. I, 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 I like their system. Okay, switching gears. NFPC main event. Uh, I've got the number three slot in Vegas. Uh, me and Tim Schuler are sharing a team on Saturday. Uh, and uh, he and I will be drafting from the three slot. It was one of our top five preferences. So I'm, I'm pretty happy getting this three slot here, to, uh, Fred. Yeah, I, I think it would have been in my top three preferences. And it probably for me would have been either first or second, I, I think. So I'm not going to I'm obviously not going to make you say who you're going to draft or what your plan is. Instead, I'll say what I would have done since I'm not I don't have any say over it. But I would probably take one of Turner Ramirez or Bichette because I feel like that's a nice foundation of power and speed and then just gives you a lot of flexibility after that and then I would stress that starting pitching is going to get way pushed up because it's the main event yeah and so looking I I love the slot but then you start looking at some of the carnage in the first round Tatis gone we'll see I mean uh, you know Acuna is still probably going to be drafted before me if you look at recent ADP in the last week that's been the case Uh, but uh, you know, at the same time, um, you never know, but you're right. Starting pitching to the point, you know, where I am comfortable is a little eh, like, I don't know. I might still end up, we might still end up doing, it. I want to say we, not I, cause it's Tim and I, we both have to decide Julio Urias in the sec- late second, early third is a possibility. Yep. Uh, I don't want to take Alcantara. I don't think I want to take Wheeler there. There's I Nola. Think- you can consider yes yes you see, like i'm just listing that group right that right. group that in a regular league we're, i'm just assuming main event inflation on starting pitching so that group that goes in the third round of a regular league i'm gonna guess that maybe you try to tab one of them on the way back in the second round before you get because you know those guys in the turn will also probably have no pitchers yeah unless, well no that's not necessarily true goes. so here's the thing uh toby uh, bat flip crazy is drafting second might take Cole. I would say better than 50% chance. He takes Cole. We'll see. I don't think he's going to tell me. Yep. I will ask him. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Jody Ryan picks first. I'm pretty sure he's going to take a hitter. Uh, but I, I think that whether Toby uh, takes, take, takes that starter is, you know, up for debate, but I, I'm really interested to see what he does. I think that he, he's uh, definitely someone that, um, that 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 is someone that you know will will be willing to take the pitcher there and in fact you see this in the main event a lot that cole will often go i think it'll yeah. only be cool i don't think Degrom will go but you never know also thinking it's a, in a kds setting the fact that toby's picking second means he probably really wanted to pick second since it's a probably i don't know you can see on your league the order that they were chosen in, but i'm gonna guess it was one of toby's first priorities usually those top picks you know what i mean you're not the 10th name out of the hat Right. To get second pick. I mean, I don't mind saying who I want to take here, Fred, because okay, there's no state secrets here. I mean, it's no. obvious he's going to take who he wants. Yeah, he doesn't care what I'm going to take. No, I want Jay Ram. I want right. Ramirez. Right, that's my goal. You know, and Turner, if Ramirez, of if Ramirez play, and Turner are gone, do you want to tell us that or no? So that's I. I need to talk to Tim more about right. this, but right. uh, I debate between Soto, Bichette, and Cole. 
yeah. and I don't know who I take right now. My personal using my rankings, we're yeah. doing a composite set of rankings. Actually, that we'll be posting either either late tonight or sometime tomorrow is Soto. Okay. But I can see the case for Bichette. I can see the case for Cole. I'll tell you what, if you take Cole, then you can go hit or hit her in two, three. Yeah. Very comfortably or or even take a closer there if you want. I also see it. I can also see a world where I go hit or hit or hit her to start too, because if the the, clo- the starters get taken that I want, right? If Nolan goes before me, for instance, do I? If and I'm not comfortable with Urias, then I, you know, there, there's like I'm not. I, I probably won't take Bieber. I probably won't take yeah. Alcantara. I probably, you know, there's there's a limit to the number of people I, I think I'm going to take there. Yeah. So wise. get so getting Cole is I, I think is like kind of the safe thing to do because then it just gets your ace out of the way. And then you could go pitcher heavy or you could not and draft a bunch of hitters in a row. But there's, but if there's pitcher inflation, you're just like, whatever I like at the beginning, you're just like, whatever. I already got Cole. I'm fine. Um, Bichette, I feel like is the same thing where now you have 20 something steals. So then you can, you could do whatever on the next turn. Like if you, if there's a slugger you really like who doesn't steal much or start two starters, or like you said, if you want mm-hmm. to get a closer, um, the Soto one. So I totally agree with you that Soto, I don't have Soto ahead of Bichette, but I do have him like right there on just right. SGPs and ranking them out. It bothers me a little bit that I think the nationals lineup kind of sucks. Like it's, it's, it's good in a few spots. Like, yeah. Like Cesar Hernandez is their leadoff hitter. That's not good. Um, the Soto Nelson Cruz is good. Like kind of, but Nelson Cruz as a number three hitter nowadays, like, he's fine. He's not awesome. Right, as, as comparing him to good lineups, number three hitters, and then Josh Bell, and then it kind of drops off, and so that bothers me a bit with Soto. But the, my problem with Soto is kind of similar to the Vlad problem, where um, I don't have steals and I don't have any pitching, but I do have a really good hitter. Yeah, and it's and it's a draft, so I, not an auction, so I can't get creative in my. It's ways. a fifteen teamer, also, That's so right. I don't even mind that it's an outfielder. Uh, totally, there's a lot of other shortstops I like in the first ten rounds. I'll have to take them, but I like them. Uh, so that, that, that's, that's a route. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of soul searching here, but mm-hmm. it's a good problem to have. That's why five was actually my first choice because of that. Right. So yeah. You, you just take, take whoever's left out of the five names we've said so far. Right. Although it's kind of a cop out when you think about it, uh, that you're just, Oh, I'll just take what the, what's given me there. Uh, instead of like affirmatively choosing, well, I yeah. really want Turner, but then you, but you just, hope your benefit is that you get a, a little better shot at someone maybe who falls in the second round than, than if you were picking third or fourth, you know, yeah, maybe right. someone you like in the second round falls a bit. Right. And, yeah. Maybe so. you get Jordan Alvarez. Maybe you get Tay Oscar. I don't think either of those come to me in the, uh, in the second. Oh, well, you'll see. I think I mean, Tay Oscar does. I think, well, Tay especially Oscar now that he kind of tweaked his wrist, maybe and that's... pitching is pushed and if pitching is pushed up yeah. and if, if steals, I don't know, I could see Tay Oscar, I, in the labor draft, in our in our labor draft, I picked second and took Tay Oscar in the second round. Yeah, that, that was a third, while ago, second. though. Yeah, and yeah. took Tay Oscar. So he he, I think I think he'll come to you if you wanted him. There you go. You could start Bichette, Tay Oscar, and just ride. Go Jays. Jays lineup. Get Manoa later. Get, get Springer uh, on the four. Get five Romano. Turn. Let's just let's go crazy. Jays here. Yeah. J stack. Uh, let me ask you though. Assuming okay, if Tay Oscar, Tim Anderson, those guys are gone. And, and and Cedric Mullins is even gone because you know he sometimes is there, sometimes is not. He goes as early as twenty three. Is mm-hmm. you know he can go as late as late third sometimes too. Like 
I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with Whit Merrifield that early. I think there's a lot of bad stat cast data on him, but then again, it's speed and two positions. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of a trade-off. I mean, you could take, are, are you willing to take Matt Olson there? No, no, I'm, I'm actually okay with Whit Merrifield. Just because it's speed and batting average and it's multi-position yeah. and it's an infield outfield multi-position. So I just think there's a lot of nice little mm-hmm. bonuses there as long as he keeps running. Um, I, yeah, I'm actually more interested in him than probably than a couple of the names you already mentioned. Yeah. Um, I think Sal Perez is interesting, although taking a catcher on the two, three turn feels tough, but that's where he goes and I get it. Well, and the thing is, if I want one of the top three catchers, I got to take it at three, three, uh, because, Smith and Real Muto yeah. aren't coming back to No, me. they're not. Um, oh, I'll give you another one, and I think he's going to rise now, is Trevor Story. Yeah, uh, I agree. Power and speed mix. Let's talk Trevor lineup. Story. Signed with the Red Sox. Going to get second base eligibility real quick. Yep. That is going to be something that really helps. Uh, we're going to like that. I like that he's a righty in Fenway, not a lefty. Uh, question about where he hits in the lineup, but, I mean, I can't imagine it being worse than fifth. Yeah, he's not hitting eighth. Like he's he's either going to hit in front of all those good guys or after them. So I feel like either I'd love for him to hit second or or something like that. And there'll be injuries, and he'll be mm-hmm. in the top five somewhere all the time. Yeah, I does he run more hitting second or does he run more hitting fifth? Like he doesn't have you know JD endeavors behind him. He scores fewer runs, but maybe he runs more because he gets more and he gets more plate appearances hitting second. So maybe he's on base. Well, Just and he has those two big more. boppers knocking him in. That's right. Uh, he, although Dahlbeck's going to knock him in a lot of times too, I think. I, I think that I like what this does for lengthening that Boston lineup. You talked yep. about long lineups. Yeah. Um, you know, Dahlbeck with more guys on base, that's a good thing. Uh, I come, I'm curious to see if Kike Hernandez, Enrique Hernandez, stays in the leadoff spot all year long because that's actually a little bit of a wild card because when I think about it, you've got – Story, J.D., Devers, Bogarts, Hernandez would be is kind of a the, the odd fit a little bit. Dahlbeck, Christian Vasquez is going to be all right in there. Uh, I mean, Verdugo could hit as low as eight, you know, seventh or eighth. Because yeah, well, Verdu- or Verdugo could hit leadoff. Like Verdugo played mo- mostly hit it second last year. So they that's could, true. He's, so. he's an on base guy. They could move him to first. So I, either Verdugo or Enrique Hernandez could lose out somewhat on this in terms. Or of have a story out. hitting first since he steals more bases. And, yeah, and all that. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, right. Maybe you get you know fewer RBI because of that, but maybe he's just becomes Ricky. Yeah, you know, the yeah. 2022 version of Ricky Henderson too. And you can get <laughs> a decent amount of RBIs hitting leadoff in a good American League lineup, mm-hmm. right? George Springer, for example, has shown us that. Yeah. Um, as a good power hitter hitting leadoff in good American league lineups. So maybe story ends up hitting leadoff. I don't, I don't think we know yet, but I think that the one thing I've noticed is as these players have signed, most of them have signed into good situations, which we probably should have seen coming because bad teams don't tend to sign good free agents. Um, and they tend to, I see their draft prices go up as soon as they sign. So I'm just going to assume that so- story who was like a mid third in a 15 team is now going to go, I think even in the, I think he might even go in the second round. And if not like the early third, that's my guess. Yeah. Um, I, I would say he, I'm going to guess he's not there when you pick in the third round. Like I might take him in the second. I might be the reason for that. You could, uh, that'd be a fun little start. Something like Bichette and, and story or, or actually that would allow you to take Juan Soto, Juan Soto and story. Cause then you get, you know, 10 steals from Soto, but 20 from story. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That might be an out for that and still get a decent pitcher at three, three, or I might wait till four and five and double up too. that. That's also a possibility. It depending, it, it really depends on what the draft gives us there. Right. Um, and yeah. that, that that's if, if the league goes crazy and starting pitching, all right, well, I'll just take three awesome hitters. You know, I think that that might be the out for that. You know, I mean, you're going to have to catch up eventually, but I think it can be done. Although it's worth yeah. saying the top five people in the main event last year overall all started with a pitcher in the first round. So you never know. Yeah. I, um, that's the argument in favor of Cole. You go yeah. Cole and you go four awesome hitters is another way to build yeah. that. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's, I think that's totally an option too. Let me ask you, how do you, so closers have been a big story so far this draft season, cause they're going earlier on average, but there's been a lot of draft champions leagues. Mm-hmm. I just assume that once we hit the fab leagues, they would start to slide down. That being said, we know that closer prices are usually fairly aggressive in main event leagues. So do you think that, where do you, where do you think say not in your league necessarily, but the average main event league next weekend, this weekend coming up, where does Hendricks go? Where does Hater go? What do you think? Where does like, I guys like was Presley going go? to ask yes. you this, Fred, because okay. I think they're in play for those two, that two, three turn pick for me. Um, I think that's a possibility. I don't think I want to start off Cole with one of those uh, because I just think I'm giving up too much hitting talent. Mm-hmm. I'd rather ha- I want to have at least, you know, either the stud here in the first round or two hitters in two, three, mm-hmm. but you know, I never know. I mean, I'll let you try to talk me into it, but what do you do with, do, do you really think a, a, one of those top closers gets you at 58 or 62, 63? That's the question. And define even then, top, define top. Is that does that include Ryan Presley from your AL yes, team? Yes, it does. Uh, I'm gonna say I, as long as you're flexible, then yeah, then you'll. I think as long as you're flexible on those guys and not married to one or two of them, then mm-hmm. I say I'm gonna say you get one of those on the four or five turn. I, I know you don't want Chapman, and I think that's okay. Like, right. I think you can have still have your boundaries here, like and not just say I'm gonna take My any boundaries. of them, but I love if, that. Yeah. You know, but, but if, if you're, if your group includes Iglesias, class a Presley Diaz, does one of those make it to you in round four? I'll say yes. Yeah. Answer to Miguel. Yes. Uh, Miguel. Is class a a top closer? Yes. Emmanuel class a is a top closer. I like him a lot. Uh, Is is Kenley Jansen in that list? Could he go on the four or five? So that's a good question. We haven't talked yet about his, you know, his acquisition with the Braves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he gets, because of where he landed, he may get fewer saves than he would have other places because they have so many other viable options. They're not going to do back-to-backs with him that option, uh, that right. often, I think. Uh, Will Smith it can step right in and get saves. You know, Colin, Colin McHugh can step right in and pitch. Uh, you know, I think Tyler Matzik is very good. I think they have a lot Great of good bullpen. pitchers. Yeah, Great bullpen. Um, and so they have alternatives to pr- try to protect him, but yeah, as, but, as far as the top Will list Smith, goes, yeah, Will Smith that th- well, I was going to say Will Smith did get 37 last year. So if the Braves are as good as they were last year, I just if, think they're going to be more dispersed. Kenley could get 30. Yeah. 30 is yeah. fine. Yeah. 30, 30 gets you a lot on your way, but the others might be getting 35 to 40. Right. Um, and so that's, that's the question. Yes. There might be a Kenley ceiling where he just doesn't get the workload to get 38 saves, which I feel like when you draft Ryan Presley, it's just a luck factor. Like if, if he's fortunate, he could get 38 saves. If he's unfortunate, like he was last year, 
you know, maybe he doesn't, he maybe gets 28 saves just as far as Astros and leads and save opportunities and things like that. Jansen just may not have the workload where he could get 38 saves. Right. That's right. So, but uh, he, he, he's a, he's in that group, but towards yeah. the bottom of it, Okay. but Hader Hendricks, Rizal Iglesias, clearly part of it. Classe is probably my fourth closer. Uh, I like Presley a little bit better than Edwin Diaz. I like Romano better than Edwin Diaz, especially now that uh, I think, especially now that, uh, you know, Kenley's off the market. I, I guess there are options like Merriweather and Yimi Garcia, but there's no external option right now unless they trade for Kimbrell. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. I don't think Kimbrell also didn't finish the season well. I don't see why a team with a closer unless they see something from Kimbrell in spring training they really like. I don't see why a team with a closer that they like would want to pay Kimbrell and take a chance that maybe he just, like, he wasn't good late last season. I would want to see him in spring training. Now, if I was a team that was desperate for a closer, that would be different. Like a team where I thought, okay, I've got a decent team here, but I, I don't have anyone I like as a closer. Let's say the Phillies didn't have Knable. They had just signed the other guys, Brad Hand and, Etc. Then, then I would be like, okay, sure, sure, let's take a shot on Kimbrel. I'm trying to think of right. a team off the top of my head that that would work for. That's also a decent team, and maybe Bo- actually Boston might be, yeah. or the Dodgers. Fit. Yeah, except Blake Trinan is really good. Yeah, but they've also said they don't necessarily want to use him as a traditional. Yeah, closer. I guess so. If you're just if you just sweat money like the Dodgers, yeah. and so, <laughs> but you know yeah. they don't spend. They don't spend like the Mets. Uh, at least they do. Sp- I mean, they spend, but they, you notice that most they, they've, they've done, they do more trading than they do yeah. free agents. Yeah. Uh, of course, Kimbrel would be a trade, but yeah. uh, I digress. Um, does Trinan graduate into that, the bottom end of that group? Like, does he, is he right there with Romano and Jansen? Bottom end of that group. I feel like, like, okay. like he could get, he could lead the majors and saves. Like he could, he, he's the closer right now. We think on, probably the best team in baseball so he could lead the majors and saves the problem is is you know they he hasn't been their closer we're not so we're not a hundred percent they haven't come out and just said he's our closer and it's the dodgers who are always tinkering and aggressive and even if he starts here as their closer maybe they trade for one of these guys that we've mentioned in the summer right we've always heard the josh Hader dodger rumors for years and they never happen and i don't think they're ever going to happen because the brewers are a really good team but you know maybe the Mets fall out of the race and they grab Edwin Diaz and then bump Trinan down to another role. Who knows what yeah. they might end up doing, but it's the Dodgers. Maybe they grab Kimbrel, but it, like I could see that too, because we know the Dodgers are always all in. So assuming you get shut out on the quote unquote top tier, we're going to not include, we'll, we'll not include, uh, include them, uh, include uh, Trinan in that group. He ranked these guys for me or choose out which ones you do and okay. do not want as Maybe your alternative, and you're going to probably have to get your second one sooner because of this. Um, we'll start. You know, this is in order of NFPC ADP. Uh, Gallegos, we've we've discussed him earlier, but mm-hmm. uh, Trinan, uh, who else? Melanson, Knable. I'm going to throw in uh, Taylor Rogers in that group, uh, and obviously not Will Smith anymore. Uh, Scott Barlow. We'll go down to that. Okay. Melanson, gross. Not interested. I would be interested in Melanson if he was on a better team, but the fact that he's not good and his team's so bad, pass. Um, okay. Gallegos, pass. 
because there's something about him where they just don't seem to want to make him the closer. Maybe he'll end up being the closer, like Alex Reyes is out now. Like maybe they just have no other options. But it seems like it just constantly stares them in the face that he should be their closer, and they just don't make that happen. So I feel like they just really don't want him in that role. And I don't think that's a shot on him. I think they just want him in a different role. So pass, because at that point in the draft, I'm not taking a risk on a guy who gets me eight saves. Sure. Uh, right? Like, And I think he'll get more than eight saves this year, but I just, I'm not... I'm not going there. I mean, just look uh, at the Cardinals. I know they said they want to use him in lots of different, or they yeah. they 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 didn't even say that they want to use him in different roles. They said they didn't want to commit to, to a closer. The closer. That's right. But yep. who else do they have? I mean, I understand there's always a risk of playing the who else game, mm-hmm. but who else do they have? Hicks. I mean, Hicks. They're trying to stretch out. Reyes he walks too many guys, and he's got a he just got an injection for his shoulder. Yep. Uh, is there anybody else? Who else is nope. good? It, in that it would be randoms. Whitgren? It would be like the Rays all over again. It'd be just randoms. Yeah. I mean, we have a new manager too. Or anyone uh, who comes out throwing hot in April and they let him yeah. have some turns. I mean, I yes, think- that, that's the whole conceit of the who else part is there's always a who else. There's I'll always set it another over person. under on 15 saves for Gallegos. What do you I'll take it over? I think he gets yeah, like 20 to 25. Too. You Sorry, you said 25? 20 to 25. Okay, then you should be taking him around that spot because he's a really good pitcher. Like his, he's a great pitcher. Yes, um, his ratios will help you more and than a lot. The Cardinals of the will guys. be good this year. I mean, I, losing Flaherty for a while is going to hurt them. They were a yeah. way worse team without him. However, the Reds are tanking. The Pirates are tanking. The Cubs, I'm not really sure what they're doing. They're kind of in between. The Brewers are very good. Uh, the Brewers, I you know, I would take every over bet on the Brewers right now. Um, at least I, I should actually look at the line first, but <laughs> I, I think they're a strong favorite Me too. Uh, in their division. And even, I think they have a reasonably strong chance of even getting to the world series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would, I would explore some futures odds on them and see if, see what I like, try to find the best odds you can get on that. But I think the brewers are overlooked as one of the powers in the national league. Everyone's focused on the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets, you know, for good reason, but the brewers are really a damn good Brewer, team. Brewers starting pitching is so good. They're, they're yeah. I agree with you. I think they're well run. I think they're yeah. managed. I think Craig Council is a very good manager. I think that matters. I think all these things are good. All right. Uh, okay. Sorry, I didn't finish your. I didn't finish your list, and I don't want to cheat oh, the people. Oh, sorry. Trinan at the top because the upside of him, no one else can touch. Like yeah. him as the Dodgers closer. I, I feel better about some of these other guys that you just mentioned now that Jansen has signed. Um, yes. Not that I necessarily thought he would sign with these teams, but let's be honest, he signed with Atlanta and we didn't see that coming at all. So nobody really sees like, that coming. Yeah. So yeah. I really felt like we didn't really know. So now I feel a little better, better about Taylor Rogers. I feel a little better about Scott Barlow. I feel a little better about Corey Knable. I think they'll all probably open the season as closers. If there's one of those three that I probably worry about the most, it's probably Rogers, even though I think he's the best pitcher of those three, um, because I feel a little bit of a Gallegos vibe with him, where I'm just not totally sure that the twins want him to be a closer for them, or if they would rather use him in other more versatile ways. I feel better about Rogers now than I did a month ago, though, to be honest with you. Okay. I felt great about him at the start of draft, like back in January. I felt great about him, except it's just that hanging concern over just, yeah. he did have 30 saves two years ago, I guess. And he did have nine in the shortened season that paces out to about 25. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm worrying too much him. He only had nine last year. I don't know. Maybe I, and, and they kind of went with column a down the stretch last year. I don't know, but I, but I feel good about him. I think he's a really good pitcher. I think, how about, 
I'm just going to throw outside the box ideas at you for your, um, I guess the fact that Rogers didn't pitch late last year is the reason they went with Colomay, the more I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, how about getting two guys from that tier and then you don't have to use such an early pick on a closer? Well, I think it's almost, if you don't get you think that's closer, impossible? I think it's a plan to get two of those guys. I, I think it's almost necessary uh, in, in an overall contest because then you're forced, you don't want to have a shakier guy later as your number two closer. Like, like I did in TGFBI, for instance, where I have Kimbrel as my number two closer mm-hmm. and Soto is there. And, you know, I, I granted, I, I'm piecing together, but then you're using more roster spots and you're not guaranteed mm-hmm. you're getting the saves anyhow. And you might have to have three relievers active for that matter too every week. You want to have optionality. You want, it's okay, you know, it's okay to have three relievers active when you choose to, but you don't want to be forced to have to do it. You know, you don't want to be chasing saves. That's why I don't want David Bednar uh, because the Pirates are going to lose like, a lot of games and there'll be weeks where he just doesn't close. Uh, And then, you know, there's other weeks where it'll be, it'll be okay. So I don't know. I I think it's going to be okay. Uh, But uh, you know, you know, I don't want to be in that situation. Bednar is a good pitcher, but how many saves are the pirates really going to get? How many saves? That's why he could could get traded too, right? Or he could be, or they could go straight and they want to use him and trade him. You know, they could be using Bednar as your ace reliever. That's right. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I I'm not, I have no Bednar shares so far. A lot of people like him. I get it. The Pirates scare me away. So let's say the 8-9 turn, because you do have a bit of a turn in you, pick three. Um, like, like, I would be, you wouldn't want to pick them two rounds in a row where you go the, like, almost two full rounds in between the picks. On the 8-9 turn, if you grab two of these guys, like Rogers and Knable, is that too risky? I just did it in a mock draft today. Uh, <laughs> maybe not on the turn. Maybe not. I think I did it like took one and then waited. I did Rogers before Knable. Knable kind of slipped a little bit in that one there. But it, okay. it's just all, all, all that is. Because that, that would allow you to start with seven players before you take a reliever and probably get four or five really good hitters and two or three really good starters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or, but is that, I don't know. I I'm just thinking out loud as we go through your plan here, but yeah. But it, are you just, is it too much hoping and wishing that two guys at the Taylor Rogers can able tier that they both keep their jobs and get you 30 saves each. It might be too optimistic. I don't know. Yeah. Like you might be better to suck it up and take one of those guys, but then also take a, a class a or something. Yeah. Um, it's, it, there's a couple different routes you can yeah. go there. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I want to keep my options open. Preferably get a top guy and get one of those second tier guys would be nice. Uh, or I get two of those second tier guys and, and you, then definitely get a third. If I get two, you know, one top and one second, I may wait really long to get a third reliever. Um, so that, that, but I, you know, we'll really see what uh, we'll, we'll really see what uh, the, the draft gives us too. I don't want to commit to any one, one sort of thing there as far as that goes. Um, before we move on to news topics, and we have plenty to talk about, got a quick note from our friends at Thrive. So let's let's share it. We're going to do a couple notes here just to bang them out. Uh, experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes to have the biggest impact on the game. 
Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim your free RotoWire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Three, play in your first paid contest and re- receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. We're also going to share a note from our friends at Better Edge. Do you think your betting skills are good enough to win you tickets to the Final Four? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. Better Edge is giving away a trip for two to the Final Four in New Orleans. All you have to do is join their contest at betteredge.com slash final four. Better Edge believes sports betting with no fees should be the norm, and odds are it's legal in your state. Check it out and enter their March Madness contest for a chance to win a trip to the Final Four. Head on over to betteredge.com slash final four. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash final four terms and conditions apply finally we're going to share a quick note from our our notes from our friends on the blue wire podcast network we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks to Blue Wire, we uh, have been running their our podcast on their network for a while now. So happy to be there. Uh, okay, Fred, news and notes, copious of them. I want to start off with my Reds, Luis Castillo. Uh, shoulder soreness, but not like not horribly horrible soreness or anything. He's not getting shut down. In fact, he's doing long toss, but he's going to be behind. Uh, how much are you downgrading Luis Castillo? 
Oh, I'm I was never in on Luis Castillo, so this one wasn't going to be a big one for me. Hey, he'll mm-hmm. miss the he'll miss the months of the year where he always pitches bad, anyways. <laughs> so, so I'm yeah, going to lower true. the innings. I'll lower the innings. I'll lower the strikeouts, but I'll also lower his ratios and make them better since he's not going to pitch till May. No, I'll probably take off. Oh, just to be safe, I might take off 30 innings. That's going to drop him a fair amount, though. In the last week, he, he's player 103, range of 75 to 132. You know, he's he's gone down some because the Reds are just stinky. Uh, yeah. So that that already is discounting him, but I still wasn't there. I needed, you know, it was getting closer to where the price I was willing to pay on. But, you know, I, I just I'm, I'm very wary of him this year. The bad starts, the high whip, the the fewer swings and misses on the changeup, the park context. Park context could change. The team context could change that yep. you know, if he does get dealt. But so far, they're not dealing him. Yeah, when Sonny Gray got dealt, I was hoping Castillo would get dealt down to a Southern team, maybe that doesn't have to play as many cold weather games at the start of the year, and and in that ballpark all year. And let's see how he does. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of out on him. And now I'll have him quite low. I like at 132. I think was the latest pick he said, and I'm still mm-hmm. out. Okay, I'm outish as well. Uh, on the other hand, you sound like you're a little bit more optimistic about you, Darvish. Had a good spring training outing on Monday. Is that true, or are you just baiting and, and, and baiting and switching me here? No, I, I I've looked a little more at his twenty twenty one season. Like it was so bad in the second half that I felt like when the off season started and when January draft started, I said, "No, I'm not touching him." Um, I don't know. Like his strikeout rate in the second half was pretty much the same. His walk rate was pretty much the same. He gave up more home runs and he struggled to strand base runners. And his strand rate was like sixty one percent, which is really bad and those two things you know knocked him to the point where you couldn't even use him uh in the second half you would have been better off to not to just drop him at the all-star break i don't think it's a sticky stuff thing totally because he actually had a couple really nice starts right after the ban so that was the thing that's so frustrating about him is yeah even when in the the depths of his terribleness he'd have a gem and they're like okay he's fixed yeah and then he get roasted again i think he's been a good pitcher for a long time i don't have him really high but um, you know, in that kind of Charlie Morton, Alec Manoa type tier, I think he's, I think he belongs in there. Uh, I was just Rogers. about to start doing either or with you. You ready? Okay. Morton and Manoa. Um, give me Darvish. Over both of those. Okay. Trevor Rogers. Give me Rogers. I have no Rogers shares and I wish I did. He's a FOMO guy for me so far this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you wish he'd pitch in Rogers Center for your Jays. Yes, I would. Be Rogers, be Rogers. Yeah. Um, I think people forget that Trevor Rogers wasn't hurt last year. He had a family problem with COVID, yeah. and he went home. It's a totally different situation. I don't think he's getting discounted. I think he's getting priced accordingly. Yeah, me too. Well, I have no shares, so I guess I do think he's getting priced. I got him like, in the online I championship. Close to drafting him, and then I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Frankie Montas might get Montas. traded. Might stay in Oakland. Yeah, I'll take Montas. Okay. Uh, Carlos Rodon in San Francisco? I'll take Darvish. I'm just not there on the innings with Rodon. Yeah. go. Uh, I won't go too much lower than where he's already at, if you already think he's priced. And we, okay, that, that, that pretty much exhausts that tier. So there you go. All right, let's take a look at some other things on the list. Oh, big elephant in the room. Can't believe we talk, haven't talked about this yet. <laughs> For an I'm hour in, what is it? it? New York. New York, New York. Yeah. What the heck? We've talked about it before. We're like, and we had kind of, we didn't get assurances, but we had people proclaiming it's going to be okay. They'll figure it out. 
Then Eric Adams today, the mayor of New York, said, no, that hasn't been figured out yet. Um, don't count on if we do something. We don't even know if professional sports is going to be first in line. Seems like he wants to have his day. He's like, he's just trying to hold this over sometimes. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong about feeling this way? No, it seems like there, it seems like New York is not going to back down on this. Like they, I just see to me, I'm getting the vibe that backing down on this would feel like pro sports ran them over and they just have their backup where they don't want that to be the case. Yeah. Right. Um, They, they, They don't want that to make, you know, I saw this in Canada at multiple times in the last two years where there'd be rules in place and then people would be like, are you going to change those rules? Cause it would really benefit the Leafs or it would really benefit the blue Jays. And those were tough decisions for the government. Cause you don't want to make people feel like you're changing and bending rules for on behalf of pro sports teams. It seems like that this is yeah, something, a hill that they want to die on where they're not going to change these. They've done it with Kyrie Irving all winter. They won't bend it for him. Yeah. Is there I, I, is there something they're trying to hold over the team, like change the bond issue or something like that? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think so. I don't know if they think it just. I don't. I don't know. I do. And again, I don't live in America, so I don't get a great feel for like, or in, especially maybe. in New York State or New York City for what the mask type rules and vaccination type rules are there. So I don't have. I don't have a lot to naturally compare it to. Whenever all these decisions come up where I am, I can compare it to other things going on in society. I can't, I can't do that there to decide if I think that the, the rules fair or appropriate compared to what everyone else has to do. Either well, Toronto's way. stringent too. I mean, you can't even enter the country if you're not vaccinated, right? I mean, that's, uh, but you can't, you also can't enter America if you're not vaccinated. Oh, yeah. So um, um, actually I would say Toronto now might be, well, we don't have that. Like I don't, you don't have to be vaccinated like I don't, well, all the Leafs are vaccinated. We already know that, but like, I don't think they have to be anymore. I think that's but the, the rule for baseball is if you're not vaccinated, you don't go to Toronto. You don't you even get paid. You're on unpaid leave. Um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. So this but, is going to be, so are these New York players, like are people just going to cross their fingers when you draft in Vegas this weekend and just say Aaron Judge thing. round three, or are they going to like say, they're going to give us a checklist and say vaccinated, unvaccinated, vaccination curious um yeah. you know they're not going to be not doing getting that till opening day when you see the lineup come out right and that's because between insane. now and then they'll be convincing these guys to get vaccinated trying to yeah i i'm sure there's a lot of furious behind the scenes movement there we yeah. don't even you know people speculate about aaron judge and i don't know why he got the attention first uh, you know maybe did i miss where he was outspoken against it before why do they question him instead of other ones? And he was so noncommittal about it. Uh, I know Anthony Rizzo was outspoken against it at one point in time, so I get why he was it. But then the Yankees, this came out, and the Yankees still signed him. So I agree. I mean, so I feel like that must be anyone the Yankees traded for. So some people have talked about Josh Donaldson too, because he's kind of a, a free spirit guy. Yeah. Yes, free spirit. It's a good way to put it. But again, I'm sure the Yankees on the phone call, I don't think the Yankees are foolish enough to think that they can strong arm New York into changing this by opening day. Like they have to hope for that, but I don't think they can, they can plan for that. Right. So I got to think that like Donaldson and Kiner Falefa are both vaccinated and that that was discussed on the call. Right. And why, right. why are the Yankees getting the lion's share of the attention on this matter? Cause they're the Yankees. And the Mets are just like, doo, 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 flinking well, I've through. heard again, now we're just playing these, the Twitter detectives, but I've heard that the Mets have a really low vaccination rate. So maybe we should be more wary of Mets players. 
Right. So going back to my main event, because everything goes back to me. Yes. Uh, of course. Garrett Cole. At, at well, Garrett Cole and, and Judge at 3-3 is mm-hmm. in the range of options. Yep. As is Starling Marte, who's also dealing with an oblique injury. Yep. You know, does I don't does that affect Degrom? Does it affect Max Scherzer? I don't think it. I don't think it does. But I, you know, again, we don't know, and very aggravating. I feel like most of these guys, like especially if 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 in New York they have the these they're pro athletes they can get the one dose if they really want mm-hmm. it, right? So I feel like most of these guys like Kyrie Irving is such a big story because it's such a unique situation because it's not happening to anyone else. Well, and he's so adamant about it too. Right. But everybody, everybody he's putting else himself is. out there. Yes. Um, but everybody else in who's plays basketball or hockey in New York, they all got their shot, whether they wanted to or not with the rules in place. Basically all, the, the NHL stronger. is pretty close, pretty much at a hundred percent vaccinated. Because yeah. the league cracked down on it at the start of the year, and basically a bunch of guys complained and him and Hod, but then they all got it because they wanted to work and they wanted to get paid and they want to play. So yeah. I feel like most of the baseball players in the end will just do it because they want to play and they and right and they want to be a part of their team and they don't want to sit out 81 games. Uh, let me be clear though, it's an outrageous policy. I mean, I am pro vaccination. I am vaccinated. I'm boosted. All that. I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think. Players should be vaccinated, but if you can be uh, in in the stands cheering on your your favorite team and be unvaccinated, much closer to a bunch of people, much more likely to be exposed to people shouting and cheering, opening their mouth and all that right around you, as opposed to out on the field, because it's a work mandate. That doesn't sit right with me. I well, think the it's fact that the other wildly team, incongruous, and the other team can be unvaccinated. Yeah. Right. That doesn't make any any sense. Any sense. We're like the Mets third baseman has to be vaccinated. Oh, don't forget it's outdoors too. Yes. Um, As opposed to basketball, which is indoors. I get it. And there's close contact. It's, you know, Aaron judge is standing out there in right field. Who's he harming? (laughs) I guess he's in the clubhouse and the dugout and everything else. Yeah, I I, I guess. I guess. I I, I I will say he's spitting sunflower seeds. He's a monster. Yeah. I will say in Ontario, it made a lot more sense because you had to be vaccinated to get into the building to watch the game and you had to be vaccinated to play. So at least it was the same standard. Consistency here. Right. So this rule does seem like it's weirdly. So I'm assuming this rule is not designed for the professional athletes, it's designed for people in other workplaces. And then. They, they got caught up in this and they right. and the, New York is just refusing to make an exception for them. Well, yeah. And I get it. You don't want to give, yeah. You don't want to bend over backwards for professional franchises, but also just doesn't make any sense either. Yes. But, yeah. And it, it, it's a, you know, and it's a real issue for us. You know, I will avoid judge in the third round until I know. But the thing is, how do I know about every single Met and Yankee? That's a huge universe of, you know, very viable players. I guess at some point that that risk becomes worth it, but a third round pick, no. You're ba- yeah, you're saying in the early rounds at least you would like us, you would need a significant discount before you because there's it, it, there's another elite player right there, hey, right. waiting for me to be plucked. In, in- if no one wants Judge, you would take him in round four, for example. I think so. Yeah, but I would take Presley over Diaz because because I don't know about Diaz. I mean, if if we don't know, we don't know. I mean, it's just like the it's like the stupid mm-hmm. steroid hunt again. Which, by the way, I mean, fine, don't do steroids. I get it, but the fact is, you think you know, but you don't really know. You we all look at him. He doesn't look like 
like he'd be on steroids. But then how many times did pitchers and banjo hitters get uh, get caught? Angel Sanchez, the first player that you know got that got caught, and he was a utility infielder for the Rays. Um, you think you know just because oh he's a big beefy power hitting guy um, that he must have taken steroids, but that wasn't always the case. Um, anyways, I, 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 I've sidebarred enough on that one. Let's move on. Uh, Shane Bowers, elbow surgery. Won't, you know, loose bodies in his elbow. He's out two to three, won't throw for two to three weeks. That's, that doesn't mean he's missing. He's out two to three weeks. It means he's at least out two to three weeks. As far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned, it might push him farther back. Yeah. So his draft price will obviously go way down. Actually, I think I can sum up Boz, Castillo, um, Flaherty, Sale, you can take one. They're all going to go away later than they would have, and they should, right? You're go- I'm going to want like a three, four round diff- di- discount on Boz if I'm taking them. Um, but you can only take like one of them. If you if it is NFB style, seven-man bench, no IR slots, you get like one. Right. I don't even know. I think you should take two because you know what? By the, by the second or third week of the season, you're going to have two or three more injured guys. The second or have- third week of spring training for that matter. Right. Too. On your on your roster, yeah. like I can already look at my labor roster. I already have like two or three guys who are going to open the season on the IL that were healthy when we drafted three weeks ago, or a month ago, or whatever. Presumably right? healthy, yes. yes. Yes, yes. Actually, Chris Sale was not, and nobody told me about it. Thank you. But yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you you get like one, so you can pick. You can get Boz a few rounds later. You can get Castillo a few rounds later. You can try Flaherty a few rounds later. Sale, pick one. And that's it. You just can't take two or three of them because you won't have bench space. Well, you will, but it's going to come at a big cost. Yeah, so it is. Uh, it yeah. is. And of those, who are you discounting the most? Like, you know, not not who's Still. the lowest, but who is the guy that you're like, I I, I will just not take oh. him now. Okay, so I dropped so, Flaherty. I'd say I discounted the most, and then yep, sale. Me too. Flaherty, I just don't trust. I'm just not drafting him. Sale, there's no timeline for this injury, and it's a little funky, and people seem to be having a hard time deciding how long he's going to be out. So I did drop him significantly. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, Boz, I, I only projected for 21 bad. starts to begin with, so because I thought yeah. the Rays might manage workload manage him yes. a little bit. So that's an interesting aspect for Boz. If you thought that they were going to manage him, and you know that maybe he would have spent some time in the minors to limit his innings or have starts skipped or whatever. Maybe he throws almost all the innings you were expecting. Maybe he just comes back from this procedure and then they don't have to pace him. That yeah. would be the optimistic scenario. I still dropped him. Yeah. Um, I before I was willing to draft him above his projection on the on the okay. notion that he has a lot of upside though. Yep. So maybe he has throw fewer innings, but those innings are valuable, super valuable innings. Mm-hmm. Now I need a discount off that projection. I might, I haven't lowered yep. it yet, but I going to, I'm going to need some, some sort of discount. Cause we're, you know, you're already having, it's not, it's not that you get replacement. Value, it's like you have to have replacement value for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's tough. Uh, Let's hit a couple more notes, and then we got some questions at the end here. O'Neill Cruz. I've seen conflicting things with O'Neill Cruz. He's hit two spring training homers. I've also seen that he's not guaranteed to make the opening day roster, which seems just silly to me, but especially in this era where you get compensation if you get rookie of the year. I don't think he's going to be on the opening day roster. I think he spends the better part of a month in the minors. Is that, yep. Isn't that dumb? Yep, we were trying to get away from that, but I think that will still be the case with most of these guys. 
Yeah, and that's why I won't take him. He's going especially like, the Pirates because they stink and they're far from contending. I think he spends at least a month in the minors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I actually agree. Well, I'll throw uh, those guys in the pile too. Is like if you're going to take O'Neill Cruz and Shane Boz, now that's two spots that are occupied right. for all of a for probably a month of the season. Like unless you get lucky and Cruz comes up really fast, or unless like well, you're not going to get lucky on Boz. So I I think. Like again, if you're going to take a rookie that you have stash, like like O'Neill Cruz has played six AAA games, so it, it's pretty easy for the Pirates to say he needs a month in the minors. He was great in those six AAA yeah. games. He used to work on his defense. Yeah, they, they could say that. Be. Like, but like he he did he was it's six games. He they could say we're going to put him down for a month, and I think they will. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I that's They're the jerks. problem with the rookies too. And I dealt with that with Jared Klenick last year in a couple teams and. He didn't end up rewarding me once he finally got up, but I was carrying my main event team last year. I drafted him and Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco was out way longer than they said he was going to be going into the season. His hamstring yeah. injury just nagged and nagged and clinic was down longer than I thought he was going to be. And that's two roster spots where I could have been streaming starters looking for the next closer, both occupied for about two months. And neither of those guys did anything to help me. I had Kelnick in my uh, AL tout team all year. You know, and was waiting for that beautiful call up day, and then he got it. And he, you know, I, it was terrible. And he wanted to send for him back. all the terribleness. Yeah. You know, he got sent down, came back up, and he was actually pretty good in the last month, but it was way the damage was already done. Uh, there's a big four, I think, above Cruz. Uh, these there's Bobby Witt, there's the two Tigers, Tor- Spencer Torkelson, Riley Green, mm-hmm. and Julio Rodriguez. Yep. I want to include him. I think those are the big four, although O'Neill Cruz is actually getting drafted ahead of a couple of those guys. But in terms of like ultimate upside prospects, mm-hmm. I think those are the big four. Which of those are in the big leagues? Which of those are you drafting first? Yeah, you didn't mention Witt, right? He's in No, a- I said Witt, Torque, oh. Green, and okay. J-Rod. Okay, so Witt. Witt Witt's I think probably would- the number one with a bullet. Yeah, right? number one with a bullet. Um, I'll say second green. I'll take green second. Okay. Uh, third, I will too, actually third, the Jesse Winker trade makes me take Torkelson because yeah, a little more outfield depth now in Seattle. There was an effusive article, uh, from Larry Stone in the Seattle uh, newspaper, uh, talking about J rod, he a homer in his first spring training at bat, but I didn't see a quote from the team in that one. They're saying, yeah, he's, there was something, well, there was quotes from the manager, but it wasn't really like saying, oh yeah, we want him to make the opening day roster. Whereas with the tigers, they made it pretty clear. They want these two prospects to make the opening day roster. Yeah. I I still don't not totally convinced that they will. I think it's just years of this old system and my cynicism now, but, but they might, maybe they will. That would be a great turning point for baseball if they did. Well, the reason why I think the Tigers will is a, I think the players they're replacing are replaceable. I mean, I think that they're, it's an easier decision to do that Um, with, with, especially with, you know, with Torkelson, they goes to first and scope moves to second done Um, green. I think the outfield, I mean, does Daz Cameron really, you know, demand your playing time. No, green's going to play right away. I think. Uh, And the tigers want to win though, at the same time. And they want to win now they've made the moves in accordance with that. Seattle has two, Mm -hmm. but they also have really good outfielders. Uh, So I think it's, it's yeah, I think Seattle. Yeah. doesn't need, they don't need to start that clock as much as the tigers do. 
if the right. Tigers want to try to compete. Unless like J Rod hits 500 in spring training and then all bets are off. But you know, that we'll see about that. It, it could be like Tatis and he forces the issue. But uh, mm-hmm. anyways, we have some questions. Let's answer them uh, and then we'll sign out today. Uh, Jasper asks, or Miguel, I'm, I'm sorry, asks about uh, Cal Quantrill. How do you feel about him as a SP3? I think that's a real life SP3, not a fancy SP3. But he's not a strikeout uh, guy. Does had, did have a great second half. What do you think about Cal Quantrill? I'm not a big Cal Quantrill guy. I, I haven't been close he's to drafting Canadian. him at all. How could you not be a big Cal Quantrill? I know. Self hating Canadian. Grew up probably 50. I could drive to the house he grew up in in 15 minutes. And let me tell you, I could not do that for any other major leaguer. So yeah. like, this is not a hot spot for major leaguers. Anyways, he. Um, 289 ERA last year, but a 411 FIP. Um, mm-hmm. A little Babbitt lucky last year. Like you said, the strikeout rate's not good. Walk rate's fine. The strikeout rate's not good. Um, home run rate was nice and low last year. I'm just not quite sure if there'll be more bumps to throw. Now, I, I will, to give him credit, like since like the like last year he was solid in the shortened season, he was solid. His FIPs are consistently higher than his ERA. Maybe he can outproduce his FIPs. I don't know. At his ADP, I find I just haven't been in on him at all. But I like I wouldn't be shocked if he's if he's decent. But I think the low strikeout rate is a big part of it for me. Yeah. That's uh, really low in this era. Like a few years ago, that was fine, but basically 120 and 150 innings last year, that that's really low in this era. Yeah. It is. You can't um, carry many of them. Yeah. I would you can take it's just like the injured guys or the yep, prospects. You, can take, you one. can take one low strikeout start. Yep. One. Him, Ryu, guys like that, you get one. Yeah. In, in, you know, the, the danger is they go Kyle Hendricks on you. You don't even get the yep. ratios. Yeah. Uh, and, but then again, Hendricks was great for us for five years running. So trade off there. Yep. Yep. Miguel also asked, do you take a late round flyer on Mr. Trevor Bauer? Mr. Bauer, are you taking him? Um, I haven't. I, I think a late round flyer is fine. He, he counts though, as your one rookie or one injured guy. Yes. At that point, unless, yes. unless you have a league with unlimited ILs, but he counts because he's going to be out and he's going to be out. And you might not even be able to IL him either. You got to check the, your league rules on that. That's right. And the, no, I meant so you can at least IL some other guys so yep. that he's using a bench spot, but you at least have your other guys on the IL. Bowers ADP in the last week is 210. That's after the news about him going on administrative lead. lead. Also after the no criminal charges. So way too high for me. Um, I'm not convinced the Dodgers are going to let him come back. Um, we just went through this in the NFL with Deshaun Watson, but a starting superstar quarterback is different than one really good starting pitcher. I'm not sure if major league teams will line up to sign him. If mm-hmm. somehow the, if somehow he becomes like, if the Dodgers can get away from him, I, I don't know. The whole thing's really messy. Um, it also, I think it is part of the situation that Bauer is really mouthy and is not the kind of guy to just come back quietly and not say boo for the rest of the year and just pitch. <laughs> that doesn't, if, for, if another team's picking him up, I don't know. I'm not totally convinced that he pitches this year. So I think I'd rather just take an injured player. The, where yeah. I, and then I, I have no timeline on Bauer. I don't either. I have no idea. But I, I have a timeline on Shane Boz. Yeah. So. I don't have Bauer anywhere. Yeah. I'm not opposed to it, but I think my price is a lot lower. I yeah. think there's a, there is a risk he doesn't pitch at all this it's year. Just, it's also, not, not that this totally matters, but it's not fun at all to just take Trevor Bauer and just hope that the legal system spits him out at some point and he can pitch and the Dodgers let him pitch. Like that's, 
doesn't seem like a fun way to manage drafting Chris sale and just hoping he comes back really strong from this injury. That's fun. I, mm-hmm. Drafting Bauer. I'm not finding really fun and just waiting, hoping, hoping that someday Manfred walks out and says, Bauer is eligible to pitch now. And the Dodgers say, sure, come on in and start getting ready. I, I don't sure. know. That doesn't feel fun. I, I'm with you on that one there too. Yeah. Um, so thanks for the questions, Miguel. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. Um, Fred, anything else before we sign off? Uh, actually, I'll throw in one comment here that Miguel mentioned that we didn't get to, which is fine because we got to a couple of other ones. But I think it's something people need to think about is it looks like we're going to put the bait runner on base runner on second in the 10th yeah, inning this are. year. I actually like that rule. I, I, I know a lot of people hate it. I don't really need to sit for four and a half hours for a baseball game. I'm OK with I think the 10th rule inning. I think the 10th inning with the new rules is fun. I think it's exciting. So I like it. Um, but it does it is going to lead to good relievers getting more wins like they did last year. Look yeah. at the reliever win totals last year from, from the better relievers on each team. They get the ninth inning. They get the 10th inning. Manners strategically save them for the 10th innings because they need them in that, with that because they know the game's probably going to end in the 10th inning. That, that matters. A lot of these relievers are going to get an extra win or two because of it. Count me as one of those that doesn't like the rule, but I get it. Just – can we outlaw p- uh, position players pitching? So that, that's even yeah. dumber. Yep, it is. Yeah, that's what I hate seeing. I get it if it's okay, fun last. You know, it's in the 18th inning, and okay, you, that's fine. But I see teams do this like in the seventh and eighth inning. Yeah, now, that's sometimes. ridiculous. Yeah, and just like just finish the damn game with you. You carry 13 pitchers. Come on. Yeah. If you're if you mismanage your bullpen that badly that you have to use a position player that early, then you got other problems. Yes, and I just it drives me nuts seeing that. I I don't think it's cute and novel anymore. I think it's cynical and it's ugh, gross. So, anyways, to, to baseball fans, I will say that as a hockey fan, it took me a while to get used to the shootout in the regular season as a way to solve a tie game, but I did get used to it. I think the tenth, the runner on base, is actually better than the shootout, and it's just a way of saying we play a lot of games in the season, and we don't want to have ties. And we don't want to go and we don't want to keep the fans here for another hour or two. So, and let's, and it's exciting. The shootout in hockey is exciting at the end of the game and it, and it gets someone to win and the other guy gets. So is the three on three for that matter. Uh, Oh, that's amazing. And, and the, and, and, you know, a purist would say the game should be settled five on five in hockey. And a purist would say baseball should be settled in a conventional inning, but it's fun. They play 162 games a few games going into the 10th inning. And, and, and at that point, you're, you? still, you're still pitching, you're still hitting, you're still fielding. It's not like a shootout in that regard in hockey or, or in soccer. Um, you know, you're still playing baseball. So what if you just said, okay, instead of putting a runner on second, take away a fielder, you can choose which fielder, but you fine. have to take one less fielder. It can be yep. second base. could be an, an outfielder. Probably that would be fine. That I'd prefer. Maybe two. Maybe take away two fielders. One in. Well, one, one after the like, say, at, you go two innings. You go to the tenth and eleventh. Yep. Still tied. Well, okay. Now you have inning. to pull one. You get yep. to the thirteenth. You got to pull two. Yep. That would be. I mean, and those guys can still bat. You just have two DHs and then three DHs. Uh, I, I it, it's like three on three hockey. Then I like it. I, I'm I'm advocating for this right now. That would Let's be do it. That, and again, you'd still be pitching. You'd still be hitting. I think that would be fun. By the way, we always talk about putting a runner on second to start the inning. We've never talked about putting a runner on first. Why not just put them on first? You could put them on first. That would be less of an advantage, at least. Yeah, I, I guess know, they're really trying to encourage that extra run to score. They are. Um, yeah, just get the game moving. And let's, yeah. I don't know. Plus, I if you put them on first, you're going to get like this slew of sacrifice bunts, even worse than it is now. 
Um, I think it'll be like college baseball all of a sudden. When we have the 10th inning of games now, I'm like really excited. Like that inning is right. Like when your team comes up, you're like, we need, if you're, let's say you're batting the top half. You're like, we need, like, we need a run, like at least one. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. and then when your team goes out to pitch in the bottom half, I don't know. I find it like, like 15, 20 minutes of, of really good, exciting television. It's fun. Like you said, like three on three. UBU. I don't like it, but uh, that's okay. Uh, we don't have to agree on everything. No. We'll see how many people uh, chime in on my new pull, pull the fielder plan. I think I like that plan. I like it. I yeah. think I am a. We'll see how non, many people listen to the end. Traditionalist in a lot of these things. I I, I don't yeah. mind a lot of the ideas for rule. I don't mind banning the shift. I don't. I don't mind a lot of these things. Yeah, I don't so. love banning the shift either, but uh, we'll see what happens. I like it. I am left-handed, so maybe I should like it because like the it. shift disproportionately hurts lefties. All right. On that note, we are going to sign off. Big thanks to you guys. Good questions. Thanks for listening. Thanks for streaming along with us. Uh, by next week, we'll have a main event roster to talk about, and then we'll get Fred ready for his super as well. So uh, lots of good stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.